Welcome to Clock Tower Radio at clocktower.org. Uh, I'm David Pelosi, and I'm talking today with uh, Jason Forrest, uh, also known as uh, DJ Donna Summer previously. Uh, and Jason is a, I'd call him a polymath. Uh, wow. <laughs> he is the, the founder of Network Awesome and also the record label uh, Cock Rock Disco. Uh, and in addition to creating his own television station, um, which we'll be talking a bit, a bit about, uh, he's also uh, a musician and pretty internationally acclaimed for, um, I don't know what terms they use anymore, break chord, drum and bass i'll let you define it because okay. i'll give it a people, shot because yeah things change so much um and he he recorded under the moniker dj donna summer for a few years and then started recording under his own name uh and previously he was a, a fine artist um, primarily working in photography and also an art critic um and you can check out uh networkawesome.com uh, to see what that's about and uh, cockrockdisco.net. Uh, so welcome, Jason. Thank you very much. Yeah, all right. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's fun. So first, I wanted to just have you kind of introduce uh, Network Awesome. Um, and, you know, I, I kind of hate those elevator pitches in three sentences. Tell me about your <laughs> life's work. So take 15,000 words and go. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it is really a funny thing for artists when they have to basically give that elevator pitch. And yeah. everyone in life pretty much has to develop that. But I've always found that artists were particularly bad at it. Horrible. You know, it's like, uh, I'm horrible. a painter. Yeah. I paint right. cars. <laughs> and, and it could literally be a portraitist or, or, I don't know, an abstract sculpture that comes up with that. Yeah. I mean, the words are so limited. Sculpture. You know. Well, I chased a venture capitalist around for about two years, uh -huh. and I got way better at coming up with that elevator yeah. pitch. <laughs> so, um, Network Awesome is a is a is a long form media content platform. Wow! Uh, <laughs> 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 what we really are is we. Um, so I'll I'll take that and 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 give you the slightly longer version. Um, uh, my wife and I and son were living in Berlin, Germany, and. And I found uh, I was interested in culture, uh, predominantly TV culture, but didn't really have a place for didn't really find a place for it online. There were certain archives that had bits and pieces, but it didn't really feel like, quote, unquote, TV. So uh, I started Network Awesome. Network Awesome basically curates YouTube content into a TV channel. And a, and a channel like that, a, a brand is basically just a curatorial service that puts a wrapper around all these different types of media. And what I found is that the people like myself and, and our users were just interested in certain types of content that they just found interesting, right? And, and it's kind of a hard thing to put your finger on. And I mean, again, talking to investors and stuff like that, like people would try to always get, get you to come clean what's interesting. Right, and you're like, I don't know, but when I smell it, I smell it. Yeah. You know, or do you ask them, well, what did you like on TV when you were a kid? And they're like, oh, I love this show. And you're like, that's it, <laughs> pretty much. Well, what I did find um, by a series of strange events was I found myself reading the early branding documents for MTV, uh -huh. uh, which were available online. And it turned out that I actually knew the gentleman that had written it, who was the first creative director of MTV. Hmm. Um, strangely enough and right. <laughs> it always works that way yeah you're just like how in the hell did i learn to meet this guy <laughs> anyways um and they basically uh, being a teenager when mtv first was introduced 
it was a, a brand uh, that differentiated itself immediately because there was a new media, the music video. But it was a generational shift, and these documents were amazing. It basically list, basically uh, positioning early MTV as a, a brand for a generation to adopt. Mm-hmm. And basically, what I came up is that diversity of the content was was uh, was completely divorced from the uh, adoption of the brand. And so I tried to do the same thing. So basically, Network Awesome carries anything from documentaries on contemporary artists to uh, Japanese uh, kaiju cartoons to collections of robot animals to uh, deep purple on German TV. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's the, a, a shockingly wide spectrum of content. Yeah. Le- um, vegan black metal chef, I think is a good one. <laughs> a particularly good one. That's very well if played. you want to know how to make pad thai, he's the guy to teach you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's the thing that's so funny about vegan black metal chef is that he's actually quite a quite a good cook. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His knife, knife collection is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He'll cut carrots with one of those like crazy uh, Rambo knives with, uh, you know, spikes right, and right. pentagrams. <laughs> right. Um, so some of it is is TV shows that you know we loved as kids, and then some of it are just these things that people on YouTube just like like vegan black metal chef is just like mm-hmm. this guy's cool. And so those things do other people introduce to you, or are you kind of constantly online like oh look what I found? I mean you have a huge network in Network Awesome, yes. right? So Network Awesome has, I'd say, around ninety thousand individual clips that have been curated, uh, and they've been organized into I don't know. Let's just say twenty thousand uh, discrete shows. Uh-huh. A show is what we consider to be like the wrapper. So it could be like a whole movie, a two-hour movie, or a whole documentary, or it could just be, you know, like a, actually, for example, uh, one of our curators, Marcus, um, curated every uh, John Cage piece of audio mm-hmm. for his career, and it was something like six days long. Yeah. So all of the different videos were put end to end, and it was like, I don't know, 85 different videos that he was able to find over a month period yeah. to create this like many, many long day show. Yeah. So, yeah, um, but basically it's a platform, and so we invited a number of curators in, and all different types of people submitted shows, and I think there's like 86 curators yeah, there's a uh, five head curators uh, who are kind of responsible in organizing what we call a day. And a day is six shows, uh-huh. and any any one of those shows could be an indeterminate number of clips. But they pretty much run from about four minutes to you know four days. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and some of them are are full films. Some mm-hmm. of them are just collection. You have a whole collection section of. There's one uh, robots and beer, which yeah. is pretty good. Robots and beer, which is just commercials about robots and beers or people using robots to pour beer <laughs> yeah. yeah there's it's it's actually such an open concept that people it's been fascinating to see how people um uh use the the forum so for example this one guy up in boston who's amazing brian kane he went through and curated all of these identical uh introductions uh so um for tv stations so uh-huh. for example if you're you know uh, a, a, a TV station in a you know Washington State, you would buy this like production ready pack of uh, basically some uh, you know uh, uh, pre made footage and some audio, uh-huh. and they would basically make this song you know like we're coming to you, <laughs> right. you're waking up, you're drinking right. coffee, 
And then, then the same company the next day would do that for the company in Cincinnati. And so all of them have like this super, I mean, they're all different, but they have this real amazing thread. Right. But the song's the same. Yeah. So like, you know, hey, Cincinnati, you're waking <laughs> up. You're yeah. drinking coffee. Yeah. That was amazing. That yeah. one's just a, a great piece of art. Yeah. <laughs> that one seems to, yeah, that could wear you down, I think. Um, well, kind of like... Um, you know, we were just talking about the Beaver Trilogy, which is basically a short movie that was remade three times over a period of 10 years. Uh-huh. And it's kind of similar in that you start seeing the dif- the differences in each one of the videos and you and you start really getting into it. The song's pretty snappy on its yeah. own, too. So, yeah. 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 Speaking of that, and maybe this can work as a segue to uh, music and maybe how your experience making music and sampling kind of feeds into Network Awesome. Um one of the other things I love on Network Awesome is Pogo, which seems to me, in a lot of ways, to take a lot of things you do and puts it together. I mean, this—I mm-hmm. don't—I don't know who Pogo is. I think he's Australian, although yeah. I don't remember that. Is he? Uh, I don't know. I, I have a I feeling. Really, I just watched. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he or she—I don't know. Um, it's a guy. Takes so he takes you know classic films like Willy Wonka and uh, Disney's Alice in Wonderland, Alice in Wonderland yeah. and um, Mary Poppins and kind of samples the film to create music and also like the dance scenes um and it's i mean it's what you think about when you think about a dj sort of mixing music um and video and video scratching almost Mm -hmm. um so um do you with the way you made music i mean was that super helpful in how you put together network awesome or is it was it kind of a break like a Shift. Yeah, so Pogo does all kind of little sampling and reorganization and they're audiovisual. So like the clip of Alice saying like, oh, will be like uh, equivalent to a certain note on a scale and yeah. they'll be kind of uh, wrapped together. So you get this amazing video that's kind of rapidly edited, but it, it is ultimately the music you're hearing at the same time. And it's incredible. My music was kind of similar, but I used, uh, so I went to art school. Yeah. Um, I was always really interested in appropriation. And I was really interested in hip hop. Um, and when I started uh, going from just making kind of bad noise music to something that might be kind of interesting, uh, I immediately started kind of, I basically began with my childhood from listening Public Enemy. Yeah. And so I was always just really interested in sampling and trying to like make this new thing. But what I was able to do is I was kind of able to draw on my own kind of dumb suburban white background and and, and use a similar kind of technique, which at the time had people hadn't really done. Mm-hmm. So um, my music was kind of heavily sample sample based, and it was kind of like classic rock mixed with IDM and some kind of like gabber breakcore, like hard drum and bass beats, but kind of somehow refiltered through this art student cultural appropriation right. and 70s rock form. So it was this kind of a... It, and the other thing was that it was, for many younger people, I always say it's kind of like girl talk, but with less cool music. Uh-huh. Uh, and um, yeah, and so this is what I did, and, and it was really surprising for a lot of people. It was, you know, my artist name at the beginning was just Donna Summer. Uh, and so, you know, the first the first demo that I sent out was a, was a still from the movie Metropolis, that actually has the robot in front of a big pentagram and it was written like heavy metal uh-huh. letters, Donna Summer. <laughs> and so everyone got this demo all over the world and just like, what the yeah, fuck is sounds, this? This is ridiculous. Yeah. What? It sounds like we've talked about Negative Land before and the whole U2 Negative Land album cover and how that kind of threw people. 
and you know into a uh, legal mess but so when you did that record it was sort of like Donna Summer, what? She's gone metal? <laughs> yeah, and you know, people people had been, at the time, people were like kind of taking sample names and playing them around, like Bit Meddler instead of Bet Midler, uh-huh. and uh, Weavy Stunder instead of Stevie Wonder. Right. And I was just like, yeah, that's not all over. <laughs> I mean, that's not really, I mean, take that idea just one step further and just call yourself <clears throat> Donna Summer. Yeah. And so, of course, there was the racial thing and a gender thing, and you know, you know, at the time, I was a big, fat, bald guy, and it was just kind of like so absurd to be called Donna <laughs> Summer. And I just thought it was really funny. And also, I was really not very ambitious when I started, uh-huh. but it was actually really remarkable marketing. Yeah. Um, and I had no, I really, I had no idea about it. Yeah. At the time, I was just like, "Oh, this is cool." And then uh, my first seven-inch John Peel played, and yeah. I realized wow. that uh, it had already eclipsed everything I'd done as an art critic and as an art writer yeah. and as, a, as an artist. Before and I was just like, oh, I really need to get serious about this music thing because yeah. it has some legs to it, and that's when everything got much better and much more kind of complex. Yeah, yeah. So I'll just. Oh, but your question actually, and, and I'm sorry if I'll go back in no, time please. ten minutes to when you actually please originally do. answered, but <laughs> asked it, uh, is that because of this sampling background and because I started to really look at how people built contexts from. Uh, taking bits and pieces of other bits of culture and reorganizing it, uh, it was hugely impactful on how I came to even conceive of something like Network Awesome. And the thing that was so ridiculous about this is that I didn't even realize that there was a thread between Network Awesome and my own music for like a year. I'd been running it and said, oh, well, I'm just not doing that much music anymore. i got this whole Network Awesome thing. It's It's so different. Yeah, yeah, it's so different. But then at some point, I think somebody did an interview and they said, yeah, so like, don't you see there's a connection between those? And I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, of course, you know, hindsight, you're like, yeah, like a sample. Of course, of, I knew that. The, the cultural appropriation is evident. Yeah. 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 So I'll just take a minute to remind people we're on Clock Tower Radio at clocktower.org. And I'm David Colosi talking to Jason Forrest. I guess I wanted to also ask about... Um, like television do you watch i mean besides internet stuff do you, are you interested in current tv are you um i know that uh like felix gonzalez torres was sort of this something people wouldn't know is he was this like tv junkie and really? he would watch like 15 hours of tv because i took a Very class with him at cal arts and um <clears throat> you know we're all art students and we're thinking this is going to be this leftist class and he's like all right for homework watch you know 15 hours of tv and we're like what um, that's amazing. And, you know, it was that kind of thing I was really surprised at. Um, but his point was to, you know, if you really want to understand the culture that you're becoming, you're you know, learning to be a culture produ- producer within, you have to watch what everyone else is watching so you can change it, shift it, you know, see it from another side. Um, so, I mean, are your, your motivations with Network Awesome, are they... Do you see yourself as a cultural producer in that sense? Do you see yourself as I'm providing entertainment? I mean, how do you position yourself, um, you know, from the art critic past to to that yeah, as far as art making? Or? Super, super good question. It's super interesting. Um, so I'm going to break it down. The first part. So the first yeah. part is um, I actually don't watch very much TV at all anymore. Yeah. Um, so living in Germany for 10 years where we were constantly blocked, you know, geo blocked away from having access to things like Hulu and stuff like that, uh, our, our, our way of ingesting TV became like, you know, 
really is you know downloaded from some torrent or something uh-huh. like a few days later or a few months later so we started you know we didn't have that on demand just go turn up just flick the switch on and it's just like giving a stream yeah so but the thing that's great about that at least personally speaking is that it broke that need that addiction to mm-hmm. just have something playing yeah and uh and so it became something that you were, you know, you were going out and selecting and, you know, taking the time to break off from your day or at the end of the day, to, I'm seeking this out. I want to watch this thing, whether it be a documentary or a video, yeah, just a music video or something like that. And then with Network Awesome, you know, like ingesting so much media, it yeah. is, is, <laughs> it's just crazy how much stuff... Uh, and, you know, for the first like three years, I watched like almost everything of the day. So it was like, you know, four to six hours of yeah. Network Awesome that I would watch a day. And it's great. And, you know, I felt like remarkably like well rounded as a result of it. Yeah. Um, but now uh, I have, we, you know, we moved back to America from Germany. And so we do have the capability of watching TV. And I find it just loathsome you know I, yeah. <laughs> I i actually yeah. truly hate broadcast tv at this point but the thing that's so strange about the whole thing is that i think that that certain tv artifacts have become the dominant cultural art form mm-hmm. i think that shows like mad men and yeah. stuff like that Breaking are bad. Yeah. exactly are are far better than most cinema yeah especially at the moment um so it's a weird time for TV, I think. And also, I, I feel like, especially generationally speaking, it just becomes more and more irrelevant. Yeah. You know, the, the 48 different Housewives shows are on the right. air at the moment and yeah. all the different cable channels, you know, or 48 shows with the name Housewife are in the, in the title. Right. You know, it's just like, it's pretty absurd. Yeah. And also the 24-hour news cycle is pretty much, I think, just eroded any kind of authority yeah that 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 had so you know but then at the same time you've got the mcneil air news report you know right. which is pretty in-depth and pretty good so or the pbs news hour and yeah i don't know yeah and the daily show and yeah. things like yeah, that yeah, so right. it's it's very difficult to really say like what you know there's kind of broadcast tv and then there's the stuff that we ingest yeah um so it's pretty divorced for me at this point yeah. i don't i don't we don't actually don't watch regular broadcast tv at all and as a matter of fact i don't even own i just have an apple tv yeah so i'm just selecting things yeah and you always watch things after they've aired there's never like oh this is on at eight o'clock yeah. you gotta be home to see it that's, that's actually super interesting is the concept of now in that kind of internet age of tv is pretty much eroded yeah um but then everything's now huh? i don't know so there's that and then the other question was just the cultural producer thing entertainment versus say art or when we started you... network awesome we started it thinking that a it was a, a good idea it was a service that we wanted for ourselves and we then we knew that other people would like it if we could get to them Right, because of course there's this breaking through that that wall of noise that everyone has in their lives to actually say, "Hey, check this yeah. out. It's worth your time," because everyone everyone says that, and everything around us says yeah. the same thing, and they're all right. Yeah, it's constantly there's so yeah. much good stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so at first we were just like, "Hey, you know, if you can, if you can, if we can break through that 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 noise, and, and you can find us, then we swear it's really cool." Yeah. <laughs> like, like I trust us. It's really cool. And that has happened, and then it turned into like, okay, we, we're just providing a service, and now it's actually really an art form that if you pay attention, you'll see it's quite edifying. 
And then I have to say that it's kind of changed a little bit. So um, because now I actually have a job and I'm not doing that full time uh, and there's more people involved at the same time. So it becomes more diverse and much more of like a platform with a lot of a lot of issues happening on their own time that's not just involving me. Uh, uh, you know, there are like redesigns that happen with between developers and other friends. And, you know, like I don't I'm not the one that does it all myself. Yeah. Um, now I feel a little differently about it. Now I feel like it's this little like gem. Mm-hmm. It's just like, oh my gosh, I have enough time to watch Network Awesome, right. <laughs> you know. And and every time I I find that hour a day or every other day, it's actually really like golden, yeah. You know, and uh, or even that hour to work on it, yeah. You know, which is the other thing about curating because it's you know it's six shows a day every day. That's a it's you know. It's a workload. It's a workload, yeah. and and one has to basically deal with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's so much on the you know if you go through the archive, there's so much there that like anybody will find, you know, a bunch of things that it's like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That oh my god moment is <clears throat> pretty the common. awesome part. Yeah, it's like this is <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and you kind of keep saying it. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, you know, kind of back to the pogo thing is. Like you do all the video interludes, the music and video interludes between the shows. Um, and even with the shows, the other thing that you've done, is, which is pretty interesting, is you have commercials, but they're from the 70s or from Japan in the 70s or, you know, mm-hmm. from wherever. Um, and it's not just American TV. You have Japanese TV. You have um, another favorite is the Czech uh, cartoon, um, The Little Mole or Mm-hmm. Or check yeah. yeah, which Kurt-tech. is amazing, Kurtek, which is great. So it's pretty international. Um, yeah, it's remarkably international, actually. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, we try to. I mean, predominantly there's English subtitles or it's English, but there have been sometimes we're just like, you don't need to know what they're saying. Just watch it. It's yeah. really crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. we showed a Hungarian film one time that was just an animated film. It's, it's literally the most amazing thing you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, it, there's barely any words in it, anyways. So yeah. Right. But <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think we're going to wind it up there. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. With with the fact that you may be able to watch it in English. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. No, that you have to watch this Hungarian film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we are on Clock Tower Radio at clocktower.org. And I'm David Pelosi talking to Jason Forrest. Um, and Jason, it's been great. Yeah, the pleasure is most definitely mine. Thanks for sharing. <laughs>